0: Section 2 of Essays, Book 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Malone. Essays, Book 3 by Michel de Montaigne, translated by Charles Cotton, of Profit and Honesty. But, Let us proceed in our examples of treachery. Two pretenders to the kingdom of Thrace were fallen into dispute about their title. The emperor hindered them from proceeding to blows, but one of them, under color of bringing things to a friendly issue by an interview, having invited his competitor to an entertainment in his own house, imprisoned and killed him justice required that the Romans should have satisfaction for this offense. But there was a difficulty in obtaining it by ordinary ways. What, therefore, they could not do legitimately without war and without danger, they resolved to do by treachery. And what they could not honestly do, they did profitably. For which end, one Pomponius flaccus was found to be a fit instrument. This man by dissembled words and assurances, having drawn the other into his toils. Instead of the honor and favor he had promised him, sent him bound hand and foot to Rome. Here one traitor betrayed another, contrary to common custom, for they are full of mistrust, and tis hard to overreach them in their own art. Witness the sad experience we have had lately let who will be Pomponius flaccus and there are enough who would for my part both my word and my faith are like all the rest parts of this common body their best effect is the public service this i take for presupposed but should one command me to take charge of the courts of law and lawsuits i should make answer that i understood it not or the place of a leader of pioneers, I would say, that I was called to a more honorable employment. So likewise, he that would employ me to lie, betray, and forswear myself, though not to assassinate or to poison, for some notable service I should say, if I have robbed or stolen anything from any man, send me rather to the gallows. For it is permissible in a man of honor to say, as the Lacedaemonians did, having been defeated by Antipater, when just upon concluding an agreement, you may impose as heavy and ruinous taxes upon us as you please, but to command us to do shameful and dishonest things, you will lose your time, for it is to no purpose. Everyone ought to make the same vow to himself that the kings of Egypt made their judges solemnly swear. That they would not do anything contrary to their consciences, though never so much commanded to it by themselves. In such commissions there is evident mark of ignominy and condemnation, and he who gives it at the same time accuses you, and gives it, if you understand it right, for a burden and a punishment. As much as the public affairs are bettered by your exploit so much are your own the worse, and the better you behave yourself in it, tis so much the worse for yourself. And it will be no new thing, nor peradventure without some color of justice, if the same person ruin you who set you on work. If treachery can be in any case excusable, it must be only so when it is practiced to chastise and betray treachery. THERE ARE EXAMPLES ENOUGH OF TREACHERIES, NOT ONLY REJECTED, BUT CHASTISED AND PUNISHED BY THOSE IN FAVOR OF WHOM THEY WERE UNDERTAKEN. WHO WAS IGNORANT OF Fabricius's SENTENCE AGAINST THE PHYSICIAN OF Pyrrhus? BUT THIS WE ALSO FIND RECORDED, THAT SOME PERSONS HAVE COMMANDED A THING, WHO AFTERWARD HAVE SEVERELY AVENGED THE EXECUTION OF IT UPON HIM THEY HAD EMPLOYED rejecting the reputation of so unbridled an authority and disowning so abandoned and base a servitude and obedience jaropelk duke of russia tampered with a gentleman of hungary to betray boleslaus king of poland either by killing him or by giving the russians opportunity to do him some notable mischief this worthy went ably to work HE WAS MORE ASSIDUOUS THAN BEFORE IN THE SERVICE OF THAT KING, SO THAT HE OBTAINED THE HONOR TO BE OF HIS COUNCIL, AND ONE OF THE CHIEFEST IN HIS TRUST. WITH THESE ADVANTAGES, AND TAKING AN OPPORTUNE OCCASION OF HIS MASTER'S ABSENCE, HE BETRAYED VISOUSKA, A GREAT AND RICH CITY, TO THE RUSSIANS which was entirely sacked and burned, and not only all the inhabitants of both sexes, young and old, put to the sword, but moreover a great number of neighboring gentry, whom he had drawn thither to that end. Jaropelk, his revenge being thus satisfied and his anger appeased, which was not indeed without pretense, for Bolaslaus had highly offended him, and after the same manner, and sated with the fruit of this treachery, coming to consider the fullness of it, with a sound judgment and clear from passion, looked upon what had been done with so much horror and remorse that he caused the eyes to be bored out and the tongue and shameful parts to be cut off of him who had performed it. Antigonus, persuaded Argyraspides to betray Eumenes, their general, his adversary, into his hands. But after he had caused him, so delivered, to be slain, he would himself be the commissioner of the divine justice for the punishment of so detestable a crime, and committed them into the hands of the governor of the province, with express command, by whatever means, to destroy and bring them all to an evil end so that of that great number of men not so much as one ever returned again into macedonia the better he had been served the more wickedly he judged it to be and meriting greater punishment the slave who betrayed the place where his master publius sulpicius lay concealed was according to the promise of Sylla's prescription manumitted for his pains BUT ACCORDING TO THE PROMISE OF THE PUBLIC JUSTICE, WHICH WAS FREE FROM ANY SUCH ENGAGEMENT, HE WAS THROWN HEADLONG FROM THE Tarpeian ROCK. OUR KING CLOVIS, INSTEAD OF THE ARMS OF GOLD HE HAD PROMISED THEM, CAUSED THREE OF Carrari's SERVANTS TO BE HANGED AFTER THEY HAD BETRAYED THEIR MASTER TO HIM, THOUGH HE HAD debauched THEM TO IT. HE HANGED THEM WITH THE PURSE OF THEIR REWARD ABOUT THEIR NECKS. After having satisfied his second and special faith, he satisfied the general and first. Mohammed the Second, having resolved to rid himself of his brother out of jealousy of state, according to the practice of the Ottoman family, he employed one of his officers in the execution, who, pouring a quantity of water too fast into him, choked him. This being done, To expiate the murder he delivered the murderer into the hands of the mother of him he had so caused to be put to death, for they were only brothers by the father's side. She in his presence ripped up the murderer's bosom and with her own hands rifled his breast for his heart, tore it out, and threw it to the dogs and even to the worst people it is the sweetest thing imaginable having once gained their end by a vicious action to foist in all security into it some show of virtue and justice as by way of compensation and conscientious correction to which may be added that they look upon the ministers of such horrid crimes as upon men who reproach them with them and think by their deaths to erase the memory and testimony of such proceedings or if perhaps you are rewarded not to frustrate the public necessity for that extreme and desperate remedy he who does it cannot for all that if he be not such himself but look upon you as an accursed and execrable fellow and conclude you a greater traitor than he does against whom you are so for he tries the malignity of your disposition by your own hands, where he cannot possibly be deceived, you having no object of preceding hatred to move you to such an act. But he employs you as they do condemn malefactors in executions of justice, an office as necessary as dishonorable. Besides the baseness of such commissions, there is moreover a prostitution of conscience seeing that the daughter of sejanus could not be put to death by the law of rome because she was a virgin she was to make it lawful first ravaged by the hangman and then strangled not only his hand but his soul is slave to the public convenience when amurath the first more grievously to punish his subjects who had taken part in the parricide rebellion of his son, ordained that their nearest kindred should assist in the execution. I find it very handsome in some of them to have rather chosen to be unjustly thought guilty of the parricide of another than to serve justice by a parricide of their own. And where I have seen, at the taking of some little fort by assault in my time, some rascals who, to save their own lives, would consent to hang their friends and companions, I have looked upon them to be of worse condition than those who were hanged. To said that Witold, prince of Lithuania, introduced into the nation the practice that the criminal condemned to death should with his own hand execute the sentence, thinking it strange that a third person, innocent of the fault, should be made guilty of homicide. A prince, when by some urgent circumstance or some impetuous and unforeseen accident that very much concerns his state, compelled to forfeit his word and break his faith or otherwise forced from his ordinary duty, ought to attribute this necessity to a lash of the divine rod. Vice it is not, for he has given up his own reason to a more universal and more powerful reason. But certainly tis a misfortune so that if any one should ask me what remedy none say i if he were really racked between these two extremes he must do it if he did it without regret if he did not weigh on him to do it tis a sign his conscience is in a sorry condition if there be a person to be found of so tender a conscience as to think no cure whatever were so important a remedy i shall like him never the worse he could not more excusably or more decently perish. We cannot do all we would, so that we must often, as the last anchorage, commit the protection of our vessels to the simple conduct of heaven. To what more just necessity does he reserve himself? What is less possible for him to do than what he cannot do but at the expense of his faith and honor? Things that perhaps ought to be dearer to him than his own safety or even the safety of his people though he should with folded arms only call god to his assistance has he not reason to hope that the divine goodness will not refuse the favor of an extraordinary arm to just and pure hands these are dangerous examples rare and sickly exceptions to our natural rules we must yield to them but with great moderation and circumspection. No private utility is of such importance that we should, upon that account, strain our consciences to such a degree. The public may be, when very manifest and of very great concern. Timoleon made a timely expiation for his strange exploit by the tears he shed calling to mind that it was with a fraternal hand that he had slain the tyrant, and it justly pricked his conscience that he had been necessitated to purchase the public utility at so great a price as the violation of his private morality. Even the Senate itself, by his means delivered from slavery, durst not positively determine of so high a fact and divided into two so important and contrary aspects. But the Syracusans, sending at the same time to the Corinthians to solicit their protection, and to require of them a captain fit to re-establish their city in its former dignity, and to clear Sicily of several little tyrants by whom it was oppressed, they deputed Timoleon for that service with this cunning declaration, that, according as he should behave himself will or ill in his employment, their sentence should incline either to favor the deliverer of his country or to disfavor the murderer of his brother. This fantastic conclusion carries along with it some excuse by reason of the danger of the example and the importance of so strange an action and they did well to discharge their own judgment of it and to refer it to others who were not so much concerned but timoleon's comportment in this expedition soon made his cause more clear so worthily and virtuously he demeaned himself upon all occasions and the good fortune that accompanied him and the difficulties he had to overcome in this noble employment seemed to be strewed in his way by the gods, favorably conspiring for his justification. The end of this matter is excusable, if any can be so, but the profit of the augmentation of the public revenue that served the Roman Senate for a pretense to the foul conclusion I am going to relate is not sufficient to warrant any such injustice certain cities had redeemed themselves and their liberty by money by the order and consent of the senate out of the hands of lucius sulla the business coming again in question the senate condemned them to be taxable as they were before and that the money they had dispersed for their redemption should be lost to them civil war often produces such villainous examples that we punish private men for confiding in us when we were public ministers. And the self-same magistrate makes another man pay the penalty of his change that has nothing to do with it. The pedagogue whips his scholar for his docility, and the guide beats the blind man whom he leads by the hand, a horrid image of justice. There are rules in philosophy that are both false and weak. THE EXAMPLE THAT IS PROPOSED TO US FOR PREFERRING PRIVATE UTILITY BEFORE FAITH GIVEN HAS NOT WEIGHT ENOUGH BY THE CIRCUMSTANCES THEY PUT TO IT. ROBBERS HAVE SEIZED YOU, AND AFTER HAVING MADE YOU SWEAR TO PAY THEM A CERTAIN SUM OF MONEY, DISMISS YOU. TIS NOT WELL DONE TO SAY THAT AN HONEST MAN CAN BE QUIT OF HIS OATH WITHOUT PAYMENT BEING OUT OF THEIR HANDS. TIS NO SUCH THING. What fear has once made me willing to do, I am obliged to do it when I am no longer in fear. And though that fear only prevailed with my tongue without forcing my will, yet I am bound to keep my word. For my part, when my tongue has sometimes inconsiderately said something that I did not think, I have made a conscience of disavowing it. Otherwise, by degrees, we shall abolish all the right another derives from our promises and oaths, quasi vero forti vero vis posset ad hiberi, as though a man of true courage could be compelled, Cicero De Officiis, 3.30, and is only lawful, upon the account of private interest, to excuse breach of promise when we have promised something that is unlawful and wicked in itself for the right of virtue ought to take place of the right of any obligation of ours i have formerly placed epamonidas in the first rank of excellent men and do not repent it how high did he stretch the consideration of his own particular duty he who never killed a man whom he had overcome who, for the inestimable benefit of restoring the liberty of his country, made conscience of killing a tyrant, or his accomplices, without due form of justice, and who concluded him to be a wicked man, how good a citizen soever otherwise, who, amongst his enemies in battle, spared not his friend and his guest. This was a soul of a rich composition. He married goodness and humanity nay even the tenderest and most delicate in the whole school of philosophy to the roughest and most violent human actions was it nature or art that had intenerated that great courage of his so full so obstinate against pain and death and poverty to such an extreme degree of sweetness and compassion dreadful in arms and blood he overran and subdued a nation invincible by all others but by him alone and yet, in the heat of an encounter, could turn aside from his friend and guest. Certainly he was fit to command in war who could so rein himself with the curb of good nature in the height and heat of his fury, a fury inflamed and foaming with blood and slaughter. It is a miracle to be able to mix any image of justice with such violent actions and it was only possible for such a steadfastness of mind as that of Epaminondas therein to mix sweetness and the facility of the gentlest manners and purest innocence and whereas one told the mamartini that statues were of no efficiency against armed men and another told the tribune of the people that the time of justice and of war were distinct things and a third said that the noise of arms deafened the voice of laws this man was not precluded from listening to the laws of civility and pure courtesy had he not borrowed from his enemies the custom of sacrificing to the muses when he went to war that they might by their sweetness and gaiety soften his martial and rigorous fury let us not fear by the example of so great a master to believe that there is something unlawful, even against an enemy, and that the common concern ought not to require all things of all men against private interest. Manente memoria etiamin dissidio publicorum foederum privati iuris. The memory of private right remaining even amid public dissensions. Livy 2518. Et nulla potentia vires pristandi ne quid pecet amicus habit. No power on earth can sanction treachery against a friend. Ovid de Ponto 1737. And that all things are not lawful to an honest man for the service of his prince, the laws for the general quarrel. Non in impatria pristat omnibus officiis et ipsi conducit pios habere quiwes in parentes. The duty to one's country does not supersede all other duties. The country itself requires that its citizens should act piously toward their parents. Cicero De Officiis, 323 Tis an instruction proper for the time wherein we live. We need not harden our courage with these arms of steel. Tis enough that our shoulders are inured to them. Tis enough to dip our pens in ink without dipping them in blood. If it be grandeur of courage and the effect of a rare and singular virtue to contemn friendship, private obligations, a man's word and relationship, for the common good and obedience to the magistrate, tis certainly sufficient to excuse us that tis a grandeur that can have no place in the grandeur of epimonidas courage I abominate those mad exhortations of this other discomposed soul dum telamikant non vos pietatus amigo ola nec adversa conspecti fronte parentes commoeant vultus gladio turbate while swords glitter let no idea of piety nor the face even of father presented to you move you mutilate with your sword the venerable features lucan seven three twenty let us deprive wicked bloody and treacherous natures of such a pretense of reason let us set aside this guilty and extravagant justice and stick to more human imitations how great things can time and example do in an encounter of the civil war against sinna One of Pompey's soldiers, having unawares killed his brother, who was of the contrary party, he immediately, for shame and sorrow, killed himself. And some years after, in another civil war of the same people, a soldier demanded a reward of his officer for having killed his brother. A man but ill proves the honor and beauty of an action by its utility, and very erroneously concludes that everyone is obliged to it, and that it becomes everyone to do it if it be of utility. Omnia non pariter rerum sunt omnibus apta. All things are not equally fit for all men. Propertius 397. Let us take that which is most necessary and profitable for human society. It will be marriage, and yet the council of the saints find the contrary much better. Excluding from it the most venerable vocation of man, as we design those horses for stallions of which we have the least esteem. End of section two. Reading by Malone.